Hello. Hey. Hello. It is I, Denzel, and I'm here with Chet. Hello. And special guest Charles. Yes, sir. Charles is back again, episode 104. Uh, we're hitting all the classics. Um, yeah, next week, Eric should be joining us. Should be. Should be. We'll see. I mean, it is New Year's Ooh. next week, so. <laughs> It'll be a whole different monster. Yeah. That's a different level of hungover. Yeah. Monstrously hungover. Oh, God. It's going to be awful for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I should have, I should at least have some tales to tell because, uh, oh, what did I call him? Remember, y'all remember Tobias from uh, Comic-Con? Who I had to go off into the nice ass apartment with them because I wanted a, a story to tell. Yeah, yeah. he invited my pl- he invited me to his place for his New Year's party. Oh, that's going to be interesting. That was like the uh, the military gun nut with the abnormally nice apartment, right? It well, it was the guy who was talking to the gun nut. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you get turned in the middle of July, you'll definitely turn up for <laughs> yeah. New Year's. Yeah. Damn. All right. So we're back again. This is Real Nerd Hours, uh, episode 104, uh, your favorite slice of life podcast about ostensibly nerd shit. Just as a reminder, next week is our two year anniversary episode. Whee! Coming out exactly two years after we released our first episode, January 3rd, uh, two years ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, and shouts out to that, uh, to that leap year, giving you guys the same date. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clutch. Super clutch. Got us. Got you Yo, back. shout outs to the Greco-Roman calendar. <laughs> or Gregor- I don't, it's Gregarian? Gregarian. It's a Gregarian calendar. There we go. That one. Shout outs to that calendar for hooking us up for the perfect two-year anniversary. Uh, This week, we're talking about a bunch of random shit because I decided uh, not to research anything because I forgot. Uh, It was Christmas weekend. We're going to do a year in review, uh, sort of, and we'll uh, start with a review from Charles. I mean, it's a real recent because he's been playing a lot of uh, Smash Ultimate. Yes, sir. I was playing it right before we started recording. Ha-ha. And he's got thoughts about it. I have a bunch of thoughts. T-H-O-T's. Uh, both those things are true. I have both the regular thoughts and the best kind of thoughts. Yeah, we played uh, Smash Bros. Now I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> We're all black on the show. It's okay. Um, <laughs> on the down low. <laughs> I haven't played a lot of Smash Ultimate, not as much as I'd like to, but a lot of it. Uh, I was kind of taking my time getting through World of Light, and simultaneously on the uh, Smash Bros subreddit. Oh, man. Which has become miserable because I'm not a fighting games dude. And so, like, the metagame doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah. And that's all the Reddit, the subreddit has Yeah, that's all the last like, three, four weeks. But even still. Uh, it's been a super dope three weeks since I bought the game and I just finished World of Light as of this recording last night. And while it's not, I think my favorite uh, Smash Bros. campaign is definitely of the, I guess, of the six games. Only three of them had campaigns. Yeah. But Melee is still my favorite. Melee was probably the most 
enjoyable. I think it did more. I think Subspace Emissaries tried to do that as well. Yeah, like this one, World of Light, feels a lot like Subspace Emissary. But also just like uh, an advanced classic mode. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Because <laughs> like they're each of the... Each of the uh, the battles that you're fighting, so there are no like bonus stages or like uh, like side scrolling stuff like in Melee's adventure mode. Yeah, but there is a uh, each of the matches that you have in World of Light is based on a different spirit or like character from a game that Smash Bros has the rights to. <laughs> yeah, basically. that they can pay to have some art in and yeah. references to. <laughs> And I would say for the most part, it's very creative how they yeah, incorporate a lot of these characters in terms of like picking which which of the 70 or so characters you fight and their like color scheme color, yeah. and the abilities that they have and like what stage hazards and stuff there are. Yeah. And like the assist trophies. Like there's a fucking uh, Fatal Frame assist trophy. Yeah. Nobody played Fatal Frame. <laughs> it's wild like how many super deep cuts are in that game like there's a sticker for Juice Belmont who yeah. remembers Juice Belmont <laughs> it's like the one, and like some of them are surprisingly difficult but not in a way that's ever like rage quitty frustrating mm. Mm. Well, I mean there were like <laughs> there were maybe four that I left until like literally right before I beat the final boss. Yeah, I, I got to Dr. Wiley and I said, fuck. Oh, this. yeah. Dr. Wiley got left. Uh, let's see. Big Boss also. Oh, Big Boss was a bitch. Big Boss was super fucking difficult. I, I did end up beating that, but it took many tries. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, but they're, they're very inventive. They were very inventive with how it uh, the different battles went down. Yeah. Um, the one if there's one issue I had with World of Light, it's that the map is not great in terms no. of like finding what you missed. If yeah. you miss some shit or like you don't go down the right path, there could be like, there were like, I beat the final boss and it was like, you got 93%. Oh man. The fuck are you t- I tried to do everything. So I had to go back and all of, all they'll give you, all they'll let you know that you finished for sure are the like, I guess dungeons, quote unquote. Whatever yeah. the f- that's all I can think. Like it's just smaller maps within the map, within the map. <laughs> but that you can't see the entire thing of, but like, because they're smaller, you can very easily get through all yeah. of them. And then there's like a little star next to it after you finish it. But as far as like the main maps go, which there are like four, it doesn't let you know where battles you haven't done are. So you just have to run around and it's literally just run around. There's no fast travel. There's, there's no, no fast teleportation. It's, it's just run your ass. It's just move through in like fucking maze. Remember each of like the paths that you didn't take when you run past them. So, you know, to go, go back to them. If you miss something, like if you can't find something you missed, it's very annoying. Yeah, that feels like a design flaw. Yeah. It, and that's mostly post game. Honestly, like I tried it and I probably tried to play it very like I would go through on one path and then get to a certain point and then go back and then go up the, the path that I didn't choose. Yeah. And even still, I missed probably four or five It's really easy to battles. just overlook stuff. And then even with that, like there's different ways to approach the final bosses that like affect your percentage, your completion percentage. And it's Interesting. Like I, I will definitely do those things. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I have not been diagnosed yet, but I've been several people close to me have been like, hey, 
maybe you have OCD. And I'm like, look, (laughs) (laughs) there are some signs in retrospect now that you've mentioned it. I'm uh, just very particular. (laughs) I was just telling. uh, Oh, so peek behind the curtain. It was like Denzel said, it was just Christmas um, recently. And I have an issue with wrapping Uh and packaging. So my aunt got me this nice pullover that I'm wearing right now. It is nice. And uh, thanks, auntie. It was in a garment box. And so she wrapped the garment box. And I can't tear paper. <laughs> so I had to, I sat there and I like tried to undo all the tape and unwrap it as one solid piece of wrapping paper. I've been that, I've been like that for at least the last 10 years. Most of my family have knows at this point that if we're going to give me something, put it in a bag. Yep. <laughs> Even if it's like money, they have to put it like in a box or a bag. Cause if it's an envelope, I'm going to freak out if I can't open it the right way. <laughs> and, <laughs> So the first person that pointed out this year that I might have OCD was like, from all the things, she just met me a sure. couple months ago. And she was like, from all, and she also has OCD. And also we have sex a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> good friend, good friend. So she was like, hey, based on all the things that you've told me and the things that I've seen, uh, you might also have OCD. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm weird about some stuff. And I like started thinking back on some things like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a maybe there's a deeper psychological element. Maybe there's something <laughs> to, the to this. I, to the fact that if I eat, if I get, if I buy candy and I can't open it exactly the right way, I have to give that candy away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Smash Brothers. Uh, World of Light is really enjoyable, aside from those like handful of like fuck those design things yeah. that uh, I maybe would have uh, looked into. I, I feel like all they need to do is just add teleportation yeah just a Say, fast travel system joint jump or to this just put um just waypoints so or when something you, yeah so when you uh look at the full map from any of the like the main maps it'll show you where uh characters are yeah characters you can lock it'll show you like a little logo for that just put a little black dot where all the other battles are so that if you miss something you can find it well you have to think about it like this this is the same team that developed Mario Party. Yeah. <laughs> and as we all know, Mario Party was built for suffering. Yeah. So I pieced out of Mario Party back on the GameCube. Like I <laughs> I refuse to buy any of the new ones or like even play them if I go somewhere. Cause I don't like I was my hol- my company Christmas party uh for my new job, the uh some of the younger employees brought their switches and one of them brought a dock. And I carry my Switch with me everywhere because I'm that kind of nerd, even though I'm almost 30. Um, and they had Mario Party going. And I was like, I can't go over there right now. I'll wait till they switch to Smash because I can't get in a screaming match with my coworkers three months into working for this company. It's not a good idea. And that's going to happen. <laughs> that game was built. I mean, it's not a good game by it's any not. stretch of the imagination. Good game. Because this is something that I realized about monopoly as well monopoly is not a good game no there no. is no end game that game can go on forever even if you play exactly by the rules because like that was one of the things i realized about monopoly is a lot of people 
have just like it's like beer pong people have house rules yeah beer pong oh, can have tops three additional rules uh, monopoly so many people play differently that that's why a lot of times it tends to go on forever but then i was like let's play i got my family and i was like let's play exactly what the rules are yeah someone's, straight to the rule book someone's in charge of the rules and we just have to follow them exactly and that someone was me because again i probably have obsessive compulsive <laughs> disorder and <laughs> even if you play by the rules that game can stretch for hours oh yeah it's like if everyone's playing exactly what they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do if you're doing like trades instead of like like you can do trades and auctions for stuff you can uh you can pass up things like everyone you can always pass up properties but like there's like rules for how that works yeah and even if you play by the rules you can be fucking playing monopoly for three hours i think it's like two hours minimum if you have uh, like four or more competent people playing which is bullshit that's too it's long really game. stupid you always have that one wild card who just wants to see the fucking world burn yeah oh that just makes the worst <laughs> suboptimal decisions someone has game. one railroad and is like you could have a monopoly on the railroads but uh you got to give me three million dollars you're like what the fuck <laughs> yeah dude it's one railroad <laughs> God damn. Like, yeah, but you have the other three, and I know you need it. It's a I bull's market, bro. I know how valuable bro. that is to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and Mario Party is much like that. Yeah. In that if, <sighs> if that game could go infinite turns, it would. Well, and yeah. It can. <laughs> oh, thing. can it? Oh, shit, that sucks. It, it could do 50 turns. If people yeah, 50 don't, turns is reasonable. If people, no, don't, <laughs> if people don't concede. Yeah, because 50 turns is... About an hour and a half in Monopoly. I think it's more than that. Well, in Monopoly, yeah, but I mean in uh, in Mario Party. Oh one, yeah, Mario Party. Yeah, one turn can be like ten minutes plus. Yeah, because like with games, like with the especially with the newer ones, with like the different caveats, like on yep. the board. Yeah, it's like before you even get to a mini game, there's so many things that could happen. Yeah, you're just taking power turns. Like, oh, I'm rolling three times, hitting two happening spaces. Oh, I'm putting money in the bank, taking your money, using two items. Even though you're not supposed to do that, I don't know. Yeah, now it's like three of us have just been sitting here watching you play Mario Party for 11 minutes, then we're over. <laughs> that just compounds just the frustration. Masturbating with the fucking Wiimotes. <laughs> like, it's I didn't play. Awful. What was the one that came out this year? Mario Party 11? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was 8. That's uh, Mario Kart, though, right? Yeah, Mario Kart 8. Uh, Mario Party 11. Well, Mario, Part- Mario Kart 8 came out two years ago. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out this year. And it's great if you bought it for Wii U, which I know maybe five of you had a Wii U, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you did buy it and you were like, I shouldn't buy Mario Kart DX, uh, you should. It's way better and it has all the DLC without you having to pay uh, more for it. Uh, no, Super Mario Party came out this year. Oh, okay. is that what it's called? It's called of Super course. Mario Party. Of course. Of course it is. Mario because Party. Because everybody and their IP wants to abandon numbering for some reason. It's, yeah, what are you, fucking DC Comics over here? Right? so annoying. God damn. It's so awful. <sighs> I just I just want things to be numbered properly. Yep. Resident Evil, those movies that have come out, all right, uh, just give me Resident Evil 9 or whatever the fuck it is. Who cares? Fast and the Furious, put numbers back on those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I acknowledge that you've had a franchise. Yeah. yeah. I don't I loved it when Mortal Kombat said, fuck all these names. We're going back to Mortal Kombat yep. 10. You know? And, I mean, they, of course, they did the sin of we're gonna drop any sort of suffix to our game. We're gonna go from from Deception to Deadly Alliance to Armageddon to Mortal Kombat. 
But everyone just called it Mortal Kombat 9 anyway, because that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> and it was like, fuck it. Everyone's calling it yeah, Mortal Kombat. And so they were like, hey, uh, Game Awards, we're just going to drop this shit. Yep. We're going to watch Raiden and Scorpion fuck each other up. to horrible music. Hey, yeah. hold on. So 21 Savage has bangers. <laughs> I, will, I will That not song allow. was not it. That shit was not it. That was perfectly fine. That was, was it the best choice? No. But was it as bad as everybody on the internet had seemed to thought, think? I didn't even. No. no. I will say that people, I didn't even see anybody like talking shit about it. I will say that people. That's the, that's oh, the look at Ed much. Boone's original tweet oh, when I he put out that. the trailer. Oh, Just look that. through the, the replies. I'm not going to do that. I believe you. No, yeah. <laughs> All right. It's like. I don't need that negativity know, right now. There's, a, there's like a contingency of people that are just anti-rap in general. And then yeah. with kind of the low effort mumble rap kind of genre, they feel vindicated. So now they're even louder like, yes, about this it. This is definitely <laughs> trash. And I was telling you from the beginning. <laughs> exactly. It's like, like, see, see, this shit sucks. Like, so now they're even louder than they used to be. And they got other people like old heads actually agreeing with them now. And uh, yeah, there's some very light racism that comes out every time <laughs> every time every time but i will say however one of the major things that you'll notice if you're an old head a true old head anyway is if you go on the internet for enough time you can find rappers that are repping that old shit that old school rap music you can listen to boom bap you can listen to that hardcore 90s uh, New York shit and there are a lot of people doing it and doing it well it's just that like putting it in front of the people who make these dumbass decisions the yeah. music supervisors is difficult so if you watch shows like Insecure or even uh, Broad City yeah, you'll notice that they have like a bunch of indie artists on there mainly because they can't afford to have like big songs <laughs> yeah, on there it costs anything to have someone some dude who like doesn't have a record label and is just releasing his shit on his SoundCloud. Yeah, you, you try yeah. some open mic night and you're like, ah, eh, you're not completely terrible. And like you I just mean, go to like a you know, just like a DJ sampler. Especially if you live in LA or New York where like that shit's going on every night. You can just go yeah. out and he's like you send a talent person out. And like I know dude he used to do that. He used to just go out and find talent. And it's just like you pick three or four nights out of the week and you bounce around three or four nights three or four spots a night. And it's like, listen, and it's like, all right, well, this dude, we could probably pay this dude three, four hundred bucks and sam- like license the stuff that he's got. He doesn't have, like, he doesn't fucking know. He's just going out and doing this. He doesn't have a contract with anybody. Yeah. He doesn't know how copyright law like works or anything. So it's like, hey, we're gonna use your shit in this. We're gonna pay you X amount to use it, and that's it. That's your flat rate. Sign here. Yeah. Just like, no matter that shit could take off afterwards. <laughs> And he did, you've lost the rights to it because you signed it away to get it used in one episode of this show. Yep. But it's easy to do, and most people won't do anything about it because they don't know any better. Yeah, and they're, they're going to think that that's their big break and that, you know, yeah. okay, even if I don't get anything off this one song, then, you know, people will know me. I'm going to get discovered off this. You know, yeah, I'm willing to bet some people do benefit in a certain range. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some success stories that started that way yeah. where it's actually mutually beneficial. And even thing. if it's not like you get national attention for it, like you got boosted enough that like, all right, well maybe I can take one or two fewer shifts here. <laughs> like, There's a dude that I know who's been rapping for easily like the last 
10 years Mm -hmm. something like that he's put out like 40 albums or something (laughs) damn uh he's one of those dudes who's like what hobson imagines himself to be (laughs) like actually counterculture yeah uh very dark and brooding in his music and his song after 10 years of work was finally featured in a trailer it was the Ip Man 3 trailer. No shit. The one with uh, Mike Tyson yeah, punching yeah. glass out with Donnie Yen or whomever it is. Yeah, yeah. That was his one big song or <laughs> big quote unquote yeah, song. as big as it's gotten. Yeah. Yeah. And he's still doing the same old shit. God damn. Uh, and I want to say that was last year or the year before. Yeah. Where he he was featured in the trailer, and he's still doing the same old shit. He's got hundreds of music videos that he's put out. He's got, like, a whole little posse that he works with. And, like, goddamn, that sucks to be him. For real. Yeah, I I mean, I mean, Chet and I are musicians. Yep. And so there's a lot of, like, you see a lot of, and we we both play the same instrument. Yeah. <laughs> we're in a very specific, like we're both in very specific genres of music for the most part. So like, there's that But like, I see people, so many musicians who like are hustling to make that like their main thing. Like I just want to yeah. do music for a living. And some of them just don't have the work ethic for it. Is yeah. what it comes down to. But like some dudes and women, Mostly some people, dudes, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, it's a lot like, of the women I know who are like trying to do music are like actually doing, <laughs> are like doing the work. But, like even like even people who are doing like doing everything right are ending up in these situations where it's like there's not there's just some element that they're missing, or yeah. like there's just some person they're not getting in front of. Yeah. Like I've seen people who are not talented like objectively do way better than people I know who are way like people I know personally who I know are way better than these people who are doing better than them. And like this, this is, I can imagine that's very frustrating. I have a full-time job. I'm not pursuing yeah, music as a full-time thing. Like that's just something that supplements my income here and there and that I would do for free, but I definitely prefer to get paid for it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I can, no matter what, and like ends up happening unless someone's like hey we're gonna give you more than your yearly salary yeah up front then i'm not gonna drop what i'm doing like for the most part like all the like full time for music but i know people who like that's their goal yeah like i want to create music for a living and for whatever reason despite like contacting promoters and putting out content on a regular basis and making sure they have a solid web presence and like struggling financially because they're like, you can't, you can't do it. That's a full-time job on its own. Yeah. You can't work 40 hours a week and then also put another 40 hours into uh, keeping your music presence. You can try, you can try, but you're going to be fucking exhausted. And one of those two things is going to suffer. Yep. And if, if it's your music career that suffers, then okay. But if it's your, like what's paying your bills is suffering, then you don't have anywhere to live. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you have to like kind of make that argument. Yeah, like that shit, and like to see the people that succeed is fucking wild. Like, yeah, I a, dog. it's pretty I much a, completely random. It's completely arbitrary. I had a tweet a little while ago that was like, when you have when you see like a good song with a bad feature, <laughs> like a real tragedy. And I was and that was specifically I was listening to uh, this song by Kyle, uh, I Spy 
featuring Lil Yachty. Yeah, and I why does Yachty hate Lil Yachty? Why does Yachty fuck up every feature he's on? <laughs> and it's like Kyle's a great rapper, and I Spy has a great beat, and Kyle's verse that he opens with is amazing. And then the chorus ends, and then Lil Boat comes on, and it's like I skip it every every fucking yeah. time. They're probably not even he's probably not even getting my Spotify money now because I skip it <laughs> a minute and a half in every fucking time. But like that's uh like that's an example of someone who's like just was able to ride a certain wave and see success from it, despite no one I've talked to was like Lil Yachty solid. Like nobody. <laughs> and I he's, he's featured on a couple songs that I really like. Uh the one that comes to mind immediately is Broccoli by Drom. And I don't I like <laughs> I like broccoli, but I don't like Lil Addy's verse on it. I'm like, I'm like the biggest drum fan. Like, I've been, uh, I have a playlist that's just his last couple albums and EPs on Spotify. And just like fucking, and every time I'll hear a song I haven't heard in three or four days, I'm like, oh shit, I love this song. Like, that's how into his music I am. And, but like, the, he, uh, what was another one? Uh, I think of like Lil Uzi on Bad and Bougie. That one famously, like the radio wouldn't even play his verse yeah. because yeah. people were so mad about how bad was, his verse was. What was fuck? Who's is it? Who was it on um, King's Dead? Oh, fucking Future! Yeah, um, that's what was on King's Dead. <laughs> that shit was sick. I love that part. Oh, I like it now. But when yeah. I first heard it, I was like, like "What the what? fuck?" I was feeling this song up to this point, yeah. and then I was feeling Future's verse up to that point, and then he does that like weird falsetto <laughs> shit. I'm like, "What is happening?" Oh Am my I god! A stroke? Because <laughs> like I was ready for that. For that. uh Black Panther album. I was like, yeah. I'm ready for this. I can't believe Marvel would pay somebody. Like, it wasn't the official soundtrack. And even, like, All the Stars has way more profanity than the House of Mouse is going to allow. Yeah. Even though it played over the the uh, credits. And it's heavily censored. And I'm like, why? Just pick a, <laughs> have, pick a different song on the album. But, uh, yeah, like, the first time I heard it, like, I sat. That was one, like, that was a recent album that I sat. Also, Black Panther came out this year. Yeah. 2018 has been yeah. so fucking oh, long. That's February. Damn, what a long year. Right. Oh, God. Fucking exhausting. Yeah. We'll get into it in the review section. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of those albums I was, like, ready to just, like, sit with. And January rolled around, and, like, it hit everything. And I was like, all right. And I got to King's Dead. And it's, like, the sixth track on the album. Yeah. And he gets a Future's Verse. And like I, I think I watched the video first before I like listened to the, the video. Album. Is pretty dope too. The video is great, but he is just doing that fucking scratching <laughs> falsetto. Like, what is happening? Well, the thing is, okay, there are a lot of things I want to go back to okay. real quick, and it's why there's so much shit that's out that's mediocre. And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast before. And like, why are people who do things that kind of suck so successful yeah and like it's really weird because they're just the people who manage to get it done and get lucky yeah i've watched hundreds of streamers at this point watched hundreds of youtube channels yeah i've watched i've read a lot of books and the reason why i thought about this was one of the books i read recently or listened to the audio book of anyway it's so 
fucking weird that people who suck are the ones who manage to get in front of people. Yeah. Because this book that I read, one of the most highly lauded books that's ever uh, come out in like the urban fantasy genre. It's called Monster Hunters International, written by somebody who is apparently like a huge libertarian. Mm-hmm. Comes out in the first part of the book. He's talking about how in the state of Texas you can carry a gun to work, or typically if you've got a concealed carry permit, you can bring a gun to work. Yeah. But in the instance of where the protagonist works, uh, you couldn't bring a gun because it was against work policy. But lo and behold, he brings a gun to work anyway, and his boss turns out to be like a fucking, I don't know, werewolf or some shit. <laughs> sure. I think. And then he like throws his boss out of a window. And then further in the book, there's this weird aside about how the South isn't really racist and the politicians are the ones that are actually racist. What? Yeah, it was so fucking weird. So to give you a little bit of context about it at home, the author, part of the book takes place on this manor that's in the South. And the two characters are talking about, I don't know how this came up in conversation, but effectively uh, the love interest in the book was like, oh, I accidentally burned down the slave quarters in the back. And I was just like, hold on, what? Slave quarters? Yeah, like if. Like, so this was like an old plantation. And then the protagonist reacts like in a mild way that's not even really questioning what she says. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, oh, okay. And she's like, hey, look, (laughs) the South, the, the South isn't racist. Well, there was racism here, but it's not how it used to be. And the people here aren't racist anymore. Some, some. The politicians are the real racists. And I was just like, this seems like a weird part to put this in. Like, why yeah, would like you editor editor Yeah, right? Just like, like red line through all this. Yeah, like, I was just like, this is, the book is wholly mediocre. And it's got like seven different books. And one of them awesome. won a Hugo Award. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I was, I was, I was blown the fuck away to be completely honest with you. (laughs) The bar, that's the thing. The bar for a Hugo award is not low. It's not. And it was that year. (laughs) This is the crazy thing about it. Or I think maybe he didn't win it. Maybe he was nominated for it. Oh, okay. I have to look. I have to look at it again. But do you guys remember the sad puppies campaign? Yeah. So Chet. That look of confusion says it all. (laughs) Sad Puppies was a campaign basically started by the author of Monster Hunters International Uh uh, after his book didn't get nominated for a Hugo Award. It was like the third or fourth book that he had written in 2013. And he was just like, hey, you guys are fucking putting in these progressive ass books from these liberals, and I want my book in here. There's no reason why a book about explosions, werewolves, dragons, and all these other things can't be in this award ceremony, but this fucking sad message fic can be. Uh And uh, so initially, it doesn't start off as like basically a weird racist uh, thing (laughs) until some other writer gets involved. But, like, this dude was so pissed off about his book not getting in that um, like, that he started a campaign yeah, for Yeah, I'm going to start my own book awards with Blackjack and Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like, this dude was, like, so upset that he didn't get in. He was like, we're going to have this movement that's, like, 
basically Sad its own movement. Basically, its own like award show that was like just. Well, no, it what, was like no, it was like to like talk shit. No, what happened was uh, it was to rig the voting system. Yeah. in for the Hugos because if you buy a sixty dollar membership, it allows you the ability to vote. Yeah, on that's what it who was. Who gets awards and who gets nominated? So basically, he uh, filled out a ballot on his website and said, "These are the people that I recommend who are anti-progressive, and one of them is actually a Nazi." Like one, he, Vox Day, this writer, oh, shit. Yeah, actual Nazi, right. uh, actual racist, actual bigot. I'm not saying that as like the hyperbolic internet thing where you point out something that's got like a swastika on it and you're like, oh, that's Nazism. Nazism. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, this guy is, that's probably not a good example because like if you're wearing the symbol, there's yeah, a good chance yeah. Nazi. I mean, there are people out there who say like, oh, I just like collecting the memorabilia or whatever. He was like, I yeah, don't but, trust those people. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> but uh, this dude an espoused white supremacist. Yeah. Like if vocal you read his, yeah, very vocal. Like he's, he won't deny it. There's so no he, subtext to his writing. None yeah, at I all. Almost respect that because of how cowardly people are on the internet about that shit. So to actually come out and say it, that almost gets you some points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. that means that I can, that if I see you in the streets, I'm justified. <laughs> right. I can just clock you and like, we can move on. <laughs> uh, so this guy, uh, because he puts this Nazi on his ballot, it, like it, they, a bunch of his audience actually goes and like rigs the voting to some extent, and the Hugo Awards obviously, and the voting members, yeah, we're like, eh, like this is super transparent. Fucking, we're not playing this at all, yeah. And so they don't nominate any of his choices, yeah. or I mean, they get nominated, but the categories in which the nominations are stacked his mm-hmm. nominations specifically are stacked they just say no award like this cat yeah. like nobody deserves this yeah and like i looked into all of this because i started listening to this audio book i bought it like two years ago yeah because this whole thing went down in 2015 uh-huh. yeah the the audio book that i got i was listening to the dresden files mm. which is a competent fantasy series urban fantasy series yeah. up until like book five or something like that yeah. there are 13 of them i own all of them uh you've talked about it on the show before yeah yeah <laughs> so uh that was one of the recommendations after i had finished the series and so i got that book and i was just like oh well this should be cool mm-hmm. like i like urban fantasy like i think bright Despite its thousands of flaws. <laughs> and the fact that you have a rating system. <laughs> how bad it is. Yes, okay. Bright's not perfect, but I actually really enjoy it. I feel the same way, and I haven't been on the show since Bright came out. <laughs> and I do I, I do have thoughts about Bright that we don't have to go into. But I do think it... Urban Let's fantasy try to do some cool stuff. Urban fantasy is cool. It's tight as fuck. But the issue here is, uh, I I went into this book completely blind. I had no idea yeah. who the dude was, and then I found out about it because the first major clue, the first major clue, and not to say like I'm an anti politics guy in books, mm. but like 
Dog, if you're talking about concealed carry permits in the yeah. state of Texas and yeah. you not being allowed to take a gun into like a place of business where you work, like that's a big clue to me that this is political right yeah. now, right? Like it feels this, like there's some sort of agenda here that you're trying to get across. Yeah, exactly. And not to say that that's bad, but I'm saying that this dude is not a good and to wrap it, bring it all back together because shitty people manage to get shit done. I'm saying that this dude is so bad with subtext yeah. and like metaphors and analogies and all sorts of things and yeah he couldn't work that into a book yeah he couldn't write a book with subtle analogies like even even alluding to like why having a concealed carry permit is a good thing he outright just explains just says, it like, yeah i'm glad i uh, i'm glad i brought a pistol into work anyway because you know oh if i didn't i would have been fucking eaten by this, this werewolf. Werewolf if you're writing a fantasy novel and you want to make it you know, if you want to have the the subtext of, you know, it's good to carry weapons despite what the government says due to, you know, you got to protect yourself. Just set it in a different time. People will still probably get the message. And no one's ever had an issue and like, oh, parallels? I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> also, uh, one thing that did kind of make me raise a fat eyebrow during the reading of that book is that there are these giant insectoid creatures in the book who use spears as weapons. Uh, mm. They come from the depths of hell. And one of the characters... Well, at least they're from hell. Yeah, right. And uh, not like Honduras. <laughs> <laughs> not from Honduras or Harlem yeah. or Oakland. Zambia. <laughs> a little but, on the nose. It's a real yeah, deep cut. To be fair, uh, this character showed no shades of prejudice prior in this book hmm. character just says spear chuckers out of nowhere. Wow. And I'm like, dog, <laughs> see, this is, this is why you won't get nominated for Hugo. Because Wars. it's set. It's set modern day. The book yeah. was written in 2007. So neither the writer nor the character has any excuse. <laughs> None. I mean, the, so the character, it could like, if you really want to try to justify it, like among all the things that you could say character was technically born in like 1900 or something like that okay. and uh, became a werewolf and that and he's been alive since has. then. He's just changed his identity or whatever. Is that uh, a werewolf thing? The, I don't know. Immortality. I don't yeah, know. I've heard, like longevity. Thing. <laughs> no. Or he's a loop guru technically. Okay. That's so stupid. That but makes anyway, it even worse. This, this guy is such an awful writer. Yeah. Like the book. The book is, it's not like a bad book, but it's just so mediocre that I wonder like, oh, I thought the, I thought the bar was much higher for being a published author. And no. Like, the, I, he, yeah. he was nominated for fucking Hugo Award. Yeah. And if it's not during the period of time when that system was being gamed, I want to know what that book is like. I w- because like, there, I watched the, the Hugo Awards acceptance speech for like best author or whatever. Yeah. It was this woman who wrote a series of books about like broken or called Broken Sky. Yes. Oh, fuck. What was that woman's name? Uh, N.K. Jensen. Yes. I think something like that. And apparently she was one of the people who was, who were most affected by like the vote rigging during the Hugo Awards yeah. because like it was forcing her and other authors out yeah. of being able to win awards because like this guy and then later on Vox Day uh, were stacking these ballots, but they changed the voting system recently. So that couldn't happen anymore. And uh, so she wins this award and apparently like 
Goodreads is not a good barometer for like how good a book is because Monster no, no, Goodreads Hunt- is not even close because it's it's uh, Goodreads is a bad source for like what books are good in the same way you can't cite Wikipedia on your call address <laughs> like anybody can you can and you can just flood those because uh, it's just based on is it all user reviews yeah it's all user reviews yeah. there's no any, any like pure user review thing yeah. is going to be highly subjective, and unless you have a very wide variety of people with different tastes and everyone's fairly educated on the matter, it's going to be a pretty. But like, if you drama. are the kind of person who cares enough to write reviews, you've either got something super positive to say or super negative. Yeah, generally speaking, yeah. Like, there's so many products that do exactly what I need them to do that will never get an Amazon review, despite how many emails they send me. Yeah. And <laughs> Doug, Goodreads maybe, is exactly that. It's like, it's people who are super into it and are going to write a review or like super hate it and are going to write a review. So here's my theory for, for why there's so much mediocre shit that exists. Mm. The people who have the talent and the ability to do something never do for whatever reason. Mm. So my advice to you at home, if you're listening, is just go do something. Yeah, Just, just put, go do it. Just put the shit out. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Just fucking do it. Because you know what? There's some weird libertarian who's out there <laughs> who is not able to like write well enough to use an allegory, a metaphor, an analogy, a simile. Uh, none of the above. Yeah. None of it, any other word that means uh, likening something to something else, uh, comparing something to something else, or like cheaply disguising it. Because like even in the book Poor Man's War, like Poor Man's Fight, excuse me, uh, something that I actually finished recently or read read recently. Definitely far more pro-military than I ever thought it was going to be or that I remember it being. And that author manages to hide it perfectly well. Yeah. Except for the parts where the guy becomes a killing machine in the last parts of the book. Something that's completely not expected. Mm. But maybe those books change down the road. Maybe. I'll find out maybe. But I think a good, even like a good historical example of that shit being very clear is J.R.R. Tolkien versus C.S. Lewis, both of whom were devout Christians. Yeah. And uh, the Lord of the Rings series is not overtly about religion, but there's stuff that you can read into it. You're like, there's okay. a lot of parallels you can draw. And then whereas C.S. Lewis is like the lion... <laughs> Is straight up Jesus. <laughs> Yo, that's God. That's the devil. That guy's being tempted. Get it? Like, they, and they both critiqued each other's work, and uh, it was mostly just C.S. Lewis being like, you're not talking about God enough. And J.R. Tolkien being like, yeah, like, you can get across uh, what your religion means to you without being like, hey. Smacking someone over the head. Christianity's <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, that's Jesus. Isn't he a good character? And I mean, both of those series are highly revered. I mean, only one of them has a successful film franchise. But yeah, in tried. terms of like the books themselves, people are just as into Tolkien's novels as they are 
the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. That was just like an that was just like a parallel from yeah. like people who knew each other and were writing at the same time. Yeah, about effectively the same, same thing. Trip. And one of them was really good at a nuanced take on what his perspective was, and the other was C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking interesting. Very fucking interesting world we live in. Yeah. Uh, take my advice. If you have uh, just, anything creative that you want to do, just go out and fucking yeah, do, do it. it. It's really, it's, it's random chance anyway. It's you may so, as well put God, out what you so want. Fucking random. Yeah. There's so many untalented people that get popular. But I think that's always been. And I want to say that part of why it feels worse now is, for one, our perception of it is we're probably more keyed into it than we ever have been you know we weren't contemporaries of the 70s we don't know how much bad fiction was being written in the 70s and then the bad stuff probably won't last you know we're not gonna see you know something that was just sitting on the bargain bin of a barnes and noble like that's not gonna survive so the stuff that does survive is generally the better stuff and the stuff that has survived is probably got some lens of reverence. Whether or not it was good, people are just going to act as though it was just because it has survived. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, if you're doing something creative, one of the best things, uh, pieces of advice I can give you is don't compare yourself to your contemporaries Yeah, no. uh, because it's not worth it. Because take, for instance, if you were a fucking shoe company these days, and this is something that fucks with me every goddamn day and as somebody who really fucks with fashion to a certain degree something that i won't actually share a lot of because i don't know a ton about it and also like uh, maybe maybe i have tastes that i don't want to really share with people hmm. but vans and the way that young people dress these days uh with like the waist cut jeans or whatever yeah and like Vans re-released these slip-ons with flames on them. Oh, man. Looking like Guy Fieri yep. shirts. Yeah. And those apparently, according to one of my plugs in the fashion game, sold out. Yeah. Like, quickly. Like, very quickly. Abnormally quickly. And, like, I, I just look at it and I'm like, this shit is whack. This shit is whack as fuck. And anybody who's buying it has shit taste. I I, I feel like there's no such thing as post irony. No, yeah, no, no. People get into stuff, and there's people who genuinely like things that are bad and can acknowledge that those things are not great. And then there's people who are like, "This is a fun joke. I'm going to do this," but like it's the least original thing that anyone's ever fucking heard of. But they're like, enough people are into it. They're like, "I'm going to do this same bad joke uh, forever." <laughs> And so now we have the fucking Guy Fieri vans yeah, selling out in four days. Oh, my God. Okay, and listen. People like whack shit. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that your shit's whack if somebody likes you, but like people just object. don't concern yourself with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. People, somebody just might like it. But I will say, if they release some high tops that are like the jazz cup, like the blue swirl 90s pattern... <laughs> I would cop. <laughs> <laughs> only I mean, the high tops, though. Only Fuck the high tops. Not enough. The thing is, it's like that's a fine design, and that colorway is fine. Yeah, like that'd be like wearing Vans with flames on them is equivalent to taking car design back to like the early two thousands with yeah. Fast and the Furious and the yeah. gaudy paint and the yeah. weird like tribal exhibit stickers. shit out here. Oh my god! You know it's coming back, dog. It, 
hopefully the car scenes got more respect for their money. Than I don't that. know if I think because of the cost, I don't know if uh, car mods will go back. In that direction, you know, there's gonna be at least one ironic motherfucker that has way too much money for some guy. Got a fucking reason. fish tank in his side. In, Hell yeah. Uh, you know, someone's gonna do it just, th- just because. I think the shit with like with media and fashion in particular is because they are so accessible, making a decision just based on how stupid something is is so much easier. Yeah, oh, like yeah. it's super easy to buy a stupid fucking shirt or a stupid pair of shoes. Yeah, you've because you've got twenty five dollars to buy. Yeah, like to buy like a fucked up, like whack ass pair of shoes. <laughs> what seventy bucks? Yeah, it's like ah oh, fuck. That's, this is funny. That's maybe ten percent of your check for the next two weeks. Like, and you've got it for months afterwards. Way longer than that joke is going to be funny, oh, but yeah. you still got it. You're going to be sitting at the bottom of your closet in a month. And like the same shit with media, like especially with like streaming services. If you have like Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal, you've just got access to music that's fucking whack, and you can like listen to it over and over again and boost those numbers. If you've got Hulu and Netflix and shit, like you can watch the same yep. whack shit and tell your friends about it. And now all of a sudden, like that shit's at the top of everyone's recommendations because it's getting so many views. And the fucking old ass dumbasses who make decisions at media companies, like, oh, well, people are watching this. Let's make more of that shit. <sighs> yeah. And it's like, it's this like weird, shitty, self fulfilling prophecy of just stuff that sucks <laughs> <laughs> rising up to the top and stuff that's genuinely good also is doing genuinely well. But, like, let's take, for instance, remakes of shows from the 1980s. Magnum P.I., Hawaii Five-0, MacGyver. Those shows are all doing well because police procedurals do well for some weird reason. It's like They're easy to follow and they're formulaic. Yeah. The human brain likes patterns that it can predict. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, fucking SVU is of the law and orders, I would say, is the most formulaic. And it's the only one that's still on. It's beaten OG law and order by like four years now. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, again, just do do whatever the fuck you want. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's just whack or not. Just make the thing that you want to make. Yeah. And if it's successful, it's successful. If it's not, it's not. But like, at least you're making something that you feel good about. Because fucking these dudes who are not... I keep saying dudes because it's mostly male content creators who <laughs> we're, are just we're trash all around it's yeah dude it, there are a lot of pretty i know a lot of dudes who just who suck yeah. i know dudes who suck i don't know i mean granted i'm not friends with a ton of women so i can't be like yo i know a bunch of women who suck so this perspective is coming from i know women uh, who make bad art but oh, they, oh, the God. criticism is so harsh for women in particular that they'll usually cut that shit out pretty quickly so yeah just Maybe uh, I might not be the greatest person to take advice from in a lot of uh, ways, but if you're going to do something creative, just do it how you want to do it and fuck everybody else. Yeah. Make yeah, something that you it. like, and if other people like it, right on. If not, then you're fulfilled anyway. And even if yeah. That, yeah, it's it's worth doing something that you feel good about, Yeah, whether it succeeds or not. It's worth doing. And that's basically anything. You know, that could be... You know, if it doesn't cooking, hurt anybody, I just want to be clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> there's some... Shitty thing that definitely should not be produced. Let's, let's but like stay within are, the realm of legality and you know not like stuff that's not aggressively bigoted. <laughs> yeah, like, but like if you have an idea, like if you want to produce music and you don't know a whole lot about music, 
do what you can and learn about it while you're doing it. YouTube if you want to get into comedy, resource. if you want to get into comedy, fucking go to open mics. You don't, they're only going to give you two minutes. Who gives a shit? Oh, God. And, and work the fuck gonna, out of that two minutes. You're probably going to suck, too. Yeah. In, in all likelihood, you will suck at whatever it is that you're starting. That's the point of starting. Like That's yeah. growing pain. Yeah, you want to start Everybody writing? sucks at first. Fucking Tumblr still exists. It didn't break down after the 17th. Uh, <laughs> or get, like, get a WordPress site. Those are still free, I think. Fucking put your writing out there. Like, do the stuff that you want to do, not because you need it to fucking take off, but because because you want to do it. If there, there's a creative part of you that needs to get expressed, fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, this is what people talk about when they say you shouldn't do things for money or yeah. expecting to get paid. Just do it because you like it. Yeah, because like success is like a fucking mystery yeah you could be as good as you want to be but that doesn't guarantee success there are a lot of different factors that do and when you finally are doing something that you actually enjoy and then you it hits off for you and you're making money it's like a pleasant surprise and if it never hits off for you then uh, that's you're fine because yeah. you're happy doing it in the first place yeah exactly well anyway uh that's enough from the lecture series uh let's get into the year in review yeah yeah a lot of things as you know as we mentioned a couple minutes ago uh fucking black panther came out this year (laughs) that's fucking so long ago so it's been a long one a lot of things have happened uh in that time when did Bright come out? Bright came out last year, right? Bright did come out last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, like at the end of last year. Oh, you know what? I did see uh, Aquaman uh, just to give it a quick review. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Gave it five out of five Brights. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it, but it was dumb as fuck. That's that's most of what I heard. Hey, if it's fun still, yeah. I haven't had a chance to see it. Yeah, I mean, I encourage everybody to go see it because okay. it's fucking dumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's and it's not like the other DC movies where it's dark and brooding. It's just like a big dumb guy going around with like some hot woman with like unnaturally red hair. And yeah, that's the, what the uh, that's what all the trailers seem to give off is this a dude having probably too much fun. Yeah, <laughs> and then this overly serious uh, white woman with them. And, <laughs> there you go. I gotta uh, say, I just have to say I'm kind of over Jason Momoa already. Oh. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's fine in movies, but people play him up to be like the most charismatic person in the world. And he just strikes me as a dumb jock. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's charismatic. I think the combination is like, he's a big dumb jock who has a nice smile and doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. He's just another, the rock. Yeah. But just like 15 years younger. But like, he comes off to me like he's trying to hit the rock sort of wave but he just he feels more aggressive and like conceited about it whereas like the rock kind of feels like your big goofy uncle that you love i think the rocks had more time coming from wrestling yeah to like he knows how to win people over yeah because yeah, he, he, I mean, I mean, he did he literally did a heel turn yeah <laughs> in the wwe if like, if jason momoa he like, started off refines his his look and like refines the way he comes off. And yeah, I'm perfectly open to accept him. But as it is right now, he feels like an asshole. Yeah, and maybe he is. And yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit about actors' lives. Yeah, so I don't really like watch any of the thing. Like, I don't really watch press, and I don't really keep up. And because of 
his particular career trajectory. I haven't seen most of the things he's in. Yeah, yeah no, Frontier is like... a weird ass show. I didn't. I straight up didn't know the dude's name until he got cast as Aquaman. Yeah. Oh, that was basically the first I knew of him. Like I had seen him before because he was in uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I realized retroactively that he was the yeah. same dude. But again, I haven't watched Game of Thrones, right. so I'd like seen maybe one episode. I've seen maybe four episodes total, and I saw one that he was in, and like those early seasons where his character was still alive. <laughs> and spoilers, I guess whatever. I assume uh, everyone dies in that show, uh, and. So he didn't have a lot to do from what I understand, even on that and the stuff that he's been doing since like his other acting roles. It's been a lot of, from what I've seen, it's been a lot of like random, like streaming services that like have just given him like 12 episodes of something to star in. Huh. Yeah. Frontier is one of those shows. Yeah. And he was on like another, he's on another show. If it's a comedy, I'll check it out. I don't think he's done any comedies, which is a, I feel like it's weird for uh, handsome dudes to get into comedy. There was a while where, I mean, that, it still is the case where if you're too good looking, audiences won't be able to relate to you. Yeah. And that's kind of what you need for comedy. So like I Chris guess. Pratt had to gain a bunch of weight to get that role on Parks and Rec because he wanted to do comedy first. Yeah. But he was too handsome. <laughs> like yeah. no one wanted to cast him. Yeah, to look kind of doughy. Yeah, but like John Hamm is great in comedy. He's hilarious, and he doesn't get very mean. Like his, well, he was in like three episodes of Parks and Rec, or like Baby Driver. He's fucking incredible in. Oh yeah, and like it's not Thirty a, Rock as well. Yeah, like when he gets to do comedy, it's so fucking good. It's he's so funny. He has great timing and like he can play straight and like the banana. more like goofy stuff <laughs> and he doesn't, doesn't get to do it because the man's too handsome it just doesn't yeah. work you're too used to seeing him in dramatic roles he's too just clean yeah. cut and apparently he's also got a huge dick yeah i can see that that is a thing that is uh widely reported that john ham's that. just packing heat yeah so rather than <laughs> derail this any further yep. year in review year in review uh favorite movies from this year Black Panther and Infinity War really stand out to me. Like, I know they're just two Marvel movies, but I feel like the bar was really raised for Marvel movies this year. So, yeah, they got to get special mention. And in it of the Spider-Verse as well. Really enjoyed that. Latecomer with the fucking heat. Did you see Enter the Spider-Verse? Yeah, I saw it uh, opening weekend, and that shit was dope. So, Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, just it really showed what could be done with animation with a big budget because yeah. it is very stylized but also manages to feature several different styles in one film oh yeah with the different characters like yeah, uh, yeah. and like that none of them feel particularly out of place penny Penny, a little a little bit but like aside from her like intro scene where she's clearly like moving at fewer frames yeah. <laughs> than uh the rest of the characters but uh, like it just works really well and it doesn't fucking hold your hand but it like it doesn't treat you like you don't know who these characters are yeah yeah it doesn't uh 
it, slow down everything just to introduce every character. It gives you it's, enough it's to give quick. context and yeah. just like, hey, this world exists. Let's do this shit. It's yeah, no, it does it well. So I, honestly, my top three. I'm looking at like a list of best movies in case I forgot anything. There were no other movies that were really uh, noteworthy to me. I really like. Sorry to bother you. Uh, that movie was fucking crazy. That movie was weird as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I watched it recently, like last week or the week before. That movie was fucking wild. Yeah, I, uh, I recommend that one if you're into weird shit. <laughs> I definitely. Here are my top three: Equalizer Two. Oh, yep. I caught okay. bits of that like two days ago. <laughs> the Spy Who Dumped Me. See, I haven't mean to watch that one, and I believe that it's good. I believe that that movie is really funny. And uh, Solo, Star Wars story. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, like, I'll be real with you. I've watched a lot of movies uh, this year. But none of them have really been all that good, uh, with the exception of like the tent poles with your uh, uh, Mission Impossible Fallouts, sure. your, yeah. your uh, Black Panthers and uh, Ant Man's and other things. Venom, Venom. Uh, the yeah, problem- Venom's in my top three. That Venom. Venom's, that, that movie's real dumb, but it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I give that one four out of five brights. That deservedly movie was fucking weird. <laughs> it's weird and it's dumb and it's good. Uh, but like, not for the right reasons. I, I, oh, definitely not. I don't think it's I was like talking to my dad about that because he he wanted to watch Venom, and I told him like, it's a fun movie and it's enjoyable as long as you don't think too hard. If you start trying to analyze this movie, if you start trying to think about this movie, uh, watch it drunk. Yeah, watch it drunk. That, yeah. Watch yeah. Venom. Get like three or four beers, and you have two uh, cocktails. Watch Venom. Yeah, have a great time. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> but as soon as you start trying to be intelligent about this, if you think of it as a film, it's horrible. Yeah, Tom Hardy should do more comedy too. Yeah, he's pretty good. I could see that. Yeah, I don't he's, know about him changing accents like mid scene, but yeah, that's a little frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of comedic timing, I think he's pretty good at it. Yeah, he knows what's funny about himself, and it works. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, favorite shows, favorite anime. I haven't seen any new anime. I have been going back and watching a bunch of stuff from the nineties that I like vaguely remember the, the, i'm the, trying to get back into the best anime that i watched this year was hunter hunter Ugh. but that was from 2011 yeah i'm realizing they're like a bunch of movies that i watched this year they're not from this year yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i would say castlevania season two takes it for me yeah that's probably the best uh show that i watched yeah like animated non-animated best show that i've seen this year yeah. if you want to go strictly anime it's probably uh that time i got reincarnated as a slime for net okay. best new anime okay um uh, top tv i gotta go I've been really enjoying The Good Place this year. Oh, that's a really good show. I feel like The Good Place like just started watching that. Started last year. The first two seasons are in Hulu. The third season's ongoing right now. Fucking, it, it's great. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, the latter half of the second season, the first half of the third season were this year. Real solid. Um, Atlanta fucking killing it. Oh, Atlanta. Still haven't watched it. It's so good. The second season is about to, if it's not up already, it's about to hit Hulu. And okay. it's definitely worth checking. Like, I would just, because it's not, the episodes are half an hour. I think it's only 12 episodes a season. Yeah, I think 10 even. Yeah, like, it's a, they're short seasons. Okay. But the writing is so, it'll like, especially the first season especially, will kind of like, 
hit you with stuff out of nowhere because like you feel like you know what's going on and like the second episode it'll like subvert some shit or like go or like it stuff goes off the rails for a second and then we'll like pull back to like what it feels like it's supposed to be and it's really engaging the whole time like yeah donald glover's doing like and lakeith stanfield and i always forget the third dude's uh, name and he's Brian a great actor. tyree henry yes he was also the voice of the dad in into the spider-verse <laughs> yeah um oh, nice but uh yeah he's like the three of them are just doing some fucking amazing work it's a really good show. show like I, it's hard to describe because they do so many different things but that's kind of part of the draw too is that they can do anything and you just have to accept it because that's the precedent they've set. Yeah. And then my third top show that I was kind of late to the party on, it is a couple years old now, but it's doing really solid right now, is uh, My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Dog, I've been trying to convince a friend of mine to watch that for so if, long. And it's, it's hard to get people into because it is a musical show. Oh. I hate musicals and that's why I stopped watching. But holy shit, is the writing funny. The it's so good. My roommate got into it this year, and so because she was watching it in our living room, I ended up watching a bunch of it. And I'm like, this is this is real good. This is super fun. I'm also I'm a fan of musicals, um, but so that kind of that was enough to get me to watch it. Yeah, but like the writing is super tight. All the acting is really solid. Like it's a really enjoyable show, and. Uh, it's i think it's in its fifth season now oh wow and it's like it's just going strong and it's real solid and who knew a musical would last that long if you could if you're not a musical fan i would still check it out just to see if you can like okay how does it compare to glee in terms oh of uh, glee is trash so anything <laughs> well so it's a musical not in like so glee is focused around the idea that they're in at least from the like early seasons I, I didn't watch Glee. Um, it was super upsetting to me uh, for a, num- a number of reasons. Yeah. But mm. uh, I was going to say I don't like teen dramas. But again, I watched Smallville for 10 years. And I'm actively <laughs> watching all the Arrowverse shows. <laughs> so I can't say I don't like teen dramas. <laughs> because you do. But um, I didn't like Glee for a bunch of reasons. Okay. But it's also like based around this is a Glee club. This is a high school acapella group and then they also happen to sing when they're not in class like later on which is whatever but uh, it's like a lot of stuff was like shoehorned into glee okay because it was largely because of like when it started most dramas were doing a lot of the same shit this one is house also happened to have uh bad covers of pop songs yeah but uh crazy ex-girlfriend one all the music is original that's a good start uh it acknowledges when the characters are being shitty. Also good. And the character development is real and, ha- and like, lasts in the way that you want from any show that has a narrative. Mm. But it's also really funny. Um, I can't remember the name of the the uh, star and, like, the show creator. But she's... Uh, Rachel something, I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel something. Excellent. Very Hi, helpful. I'm, I'm Rachel something, and she, I make television shows. Just, like, from, from episode one, is just... They, like, 
bust out of the gates on that one. Like it's very, it's one of those shows like good from the beginning. That's that's good. I hate when people tell me like, yo, check out this show. Skip the first three seasons. Yeah. The funny thing is, is I would watch that show and it's very, very funny. Yeah. It's very funny. I just can't do musicals. (laughs) And like, as soon as they break out in song, I'm like, I'm, it's funny and I'm engaged, but like, do you have to sing it? Do you, I, yeah, do you have yeah. to sing it? Well, it is a musical, Denzel. So yes, they do have to sing. And some it. episodes are more music heavy than others. Some yeah. of them do have like four songs in an episode, and some of them only have one or two. So it's like you don't quite know how much music you're going to get that episode. Yeah, and uh, so if you're not into musicals, you might not be able to like stick with it. But I would definitely check it out. All right, I'll check it out because. Yeah. Glee actively annoyed me yeah, for several reasons. Bad. So I'm glad to hear that there's something that isn't that. <laughs> Shout out to all the Glee clubs that sprang up around the country when that show started and have disappeared since. <laughs> uh, I did try to start an acapella group in 2009 at San Diego State. Dork. And it didn't happen. Good. I, <laughs> I used to sing acapella. That could have turned my life around and tell you know. At I could not have a DUI now if that had worked out. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glee Club. Uh, game, video game, tabletop game of the year for you. Ooh. It doesn't have to be released this year because I I didn't play a ton of games. I didn't play a ton of tabletop games, but I will say that uh, uh, King of Tokyo. I don't know when it, it came out in the last three or four years. Yeah, it came out a little while ago. It's real solid. Definitely be King of Tokyo. Yeah, tabletop games, I don't really do anything new, so it's it's going to be magic by default for me. I have um, been trying to get back into uh, D&D, but I've not been able to get a group of adults together. That's the struggle. Oh, I mean, now oh. you about your campaign. It's going well. Uh, we've done one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's difficult because everybody's got jobs. Yeah. Uh, but trying if you want to do it, is if you want to do a campaign, yeah. I've got time on the weekends. Uh-huh. Let's do it. Uh-huh. I got Saturdays yeah. off. Yeah, I I have Saturdays off. I generally uh, have Saturdays off, and we can get together. We can just do it with one more person. Does is Lonnie busy? Lonnie, if you're listening to the, does she listen? She doesn't to listen. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. But she'd probably be down for a campaign. Okay. Oh, there's a. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, my game of the year uh, is gonna be. Warhammer 40k. You got into Warhammer? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually, funny enough, uh, I spent a couple days this weekend listening to YouTube videos about the lore of Warhammer. Okay. I'm also falling into that particular rabbit hole. Yeah, oh, it's just, it's a lot of shit, and yeah. it doesn't. It like, unfortunately for me, I think the figures are way cooler than the lore. Yeah, the, I also that's why I haven't played the game. <laughs> I'm like I'm not. I'm not going to give a shit. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. I don't. It's not for me. But I'll I'll go with D and D. Either that or Super Hot. Super Hot was fucking tight, dude. I played it. Uh, Twitch gives away free games to Twitch Prime members with their Twitch game launcher, which is on PC, which is probably stealing information from me as I speak. <laughs> uh, but they give you free games and that's one of the games that I played. I played Fez and super hot for the first time this year. Both of those seem like really cool games. Yeah. They were fucking tight. Super hot. Uh, time only moves when you do. So, Oh, I, 
sorry, I mean, yelled at my <laughs> Yes, I do know <laughs> Super Hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was. What was it? Was it Giant Bomb did a huge thing about it? If you're if you pay attention to them, I don't anymore. I used to. I used to be very into Giant Bomb, but um, it was. I think it was. It was Xbox. I think it's in Game Pass. Okay, and I was like scrolling through the games, and I was like, okay, Super this is hot. Interesting, because like the art style is very Super simple. Hot. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like very minimal. I, when I, I think when I was watching like the gameplay videos, like this is interesting, but I don't know if I'd be into it. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's definitely. Okay, I mean, I'll if it's it free, it might as well for sure. I'm paying an extra five dollars a month to Microsoft to give me a few, a few free games. I may as well check it out. Yeah, definitely. There's so many free games that I got that I'll play once and just never touch again. Shout out to Destiny 2. Oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot I have that. Yeah, yeah. everyone did. <laughs> uh, let's For the next category, I'm just going to make something up. I encourage you two to do the same. Excellent. Uh, come up with whatever category you want, and then we'll move into... Uh, another actual category. This category is most aesthetic things you've seen this year. Uh, into the Spider Verse, man. <laughs> yeah, into the into the Spider. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be a movie, yeah, or TV. Yeah. There's one Twitter. Now I don't. As for print, un, for print, uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> words. Yeah, yeah, words difficult. Uh, on the basis of principle, I don't normally talk about the perv shit that I'm into, <laughs> uh, mainly because like nobody wants to hear about like what a middle-aged fat black man <laughs> does with his free time when it concerns perv shit, which I'll keep most of that to myself. But I will say that there is one woman that I follow on Twitter on my one of my secret Twitter accounts. Got to uh, see Twitter. You got multiples. It. I have I have a lot of secret Twitter accounts just in case I get found out. <laughs> just in case. Just burn it all. <laughs> uh, she is one of like the face aside her face isn't like the prettiest thing on the planet but like her body looks like it was sculpted by like some perv from like the <laughs> roman era it looks like it was sculpted out of marble that shit she's one of the most beautiful people that i've seen in my life yeah and like her body is fucking banging she does that like she does the the twitter naked stuff yeah and she has a patreon and snapchat and whatever she's creating adult content no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say the name because that'll give too much away you're gonna reverse (laughs) you're gonna reverse uh google that shit and yeah find one of a secret twitter (laughs) uh she i don't ever say your own internet titty (laughs) i i never say anything to anybody on twitter uh as a guiding principle most like even like people i'm fans of like yeah i'm not gonna like mysteriously reply to like jesus nice yeah. if he says something funny i'll consume your content i'll throw a like out every now and then there, but, yeah um, yeah you don't need to hear from me That's yeah what it comes exactly down to. i won't even like any of these pictures mainly because i feel like it's weird but uh oh yeah i don't i don't like just adult me. content and no. like hit the heart on i feel yeah, real yeah. weird especially when it's like a friend and i want to support what they're doing but it's like, and some of the some of them picks that my friends be dropping are straight up banging, and yeah. it's like you look really good in this, and I feel very conflicted about whether or not I should like this photo. Yeah, I never do. Just out as, as even like because some of the people who I see post, oh, you don't do the uh, tongue out emoji and like the three water droplets <laughs> and the and the eggplant and the <laughs> sirens. Uh, I don't do any of that. I do, but she fucking beautiful beautiful woman uh number two on the list 
uh, and three are both from Star Wars movies. Mm. So forgive me. Uh, the scene in uh, the Last the, Jedi, the Last Jedi, where she takes the destroyer oh, through God, like dude. the oh, Sentinel fuck class. Yeah. I, when I saw that movie was on Netflix. I was like, Nikki, come here. We're going to watch this. And she was like, I don't want to watch Star Wars. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to watch this one little We're going to fast forward to halfway through the film. <laughs> yeah. Just so you could see it's how almost exactly cool halfway through. And it's... It was beautiful. Oh, it's one of those scenes where it's like... When I saw it in theaters, because I had I had a bunch of like weird theater experiences this year where like just some <laughs> shit fucked up. Yeah. And that's because of that, when I saw The Last Jedi, I thought that the sound had broken. Oh. <laughs> when that happened. Yeah. And then I realized it was a uh, it was a choice, and, and it was like, a good choice. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Yo!" And like singing in theaters enhanced it so much more. Yes. Yeah, like I tried watching it here at home, and I was like, "Yeah, that's cool." But like seeing it on like a sixty foot screen in front of me was and way like, better. With, like having surround sound too was like where you could really feel that absence of sound yeah. for a second. Yeah, dog, that was fucking, fucking hard. It wasn't the last Jedi. It was a Rogue One. You're correct. Uh, and the next one is from uh, Solo. Solo. Yeah. Where they enter the cloud spiral and the destroyer is just sitting there. Yes. I was like, yo, yeah. that's cool as fuck. Yeah, that was tight. And then even with the, uh, like the fucking uh hp lovecraft monster in the in the yes yeah that part was cool as fuck too yeah even though planet's sitting in the clouds yeah no one really talked about that sequence no because everyone shits on the movie like just through and through it was like everyone's mostly people were talking about how donald glover was definitely fucking that robot and uh and arguing over whether or not the casino planet had any point it didn't, but um, <laughs> but like stuff like the the scene that Chewbacca's introduced in, I like feel like is super underrated. Just like the idea that Wookiees are treated like shit because canonically in the Star Wars universe they were treated like shit, and then just like the pure, just like the visuals of them traveling, like the Castle Run is yeah. fucking incredible. Yeah, like no matter how you feel about the rest of that movie, that that scene looks amazing. When there were some objectively good points to that movie, but they're just overshadowed by how mediocre the rest of it was. Because there's stuff that like doesn't matter, and like they try to make those things seem really important, and it doesn't. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how good shit looks. Yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. to kind of piggyback on that, there's a scene in Justice League. It's the scene right after Superman comes back. And Is that the scene where like everything? When it was clearly shot at night, but then they like day adjusted it. I mean, there's a bunch of that throughout that movie. <laughs> but it's specifically, it's not even the whole scene. I don't even love the whole scene. I mean, I do. I like stuff that's bad. Uh, I'm willing to admit that. But there's a, when they're all fighting the like, well, they're fighting Superman. He hasn't quite got his wits about him yet, but he's like, just smacking the shit out of the Justice League. That seems very enjoyable. But specifically when the Flash is running, while uh, Cyborg, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman are like trying to, they're like all holding on to Aquaman's Quindent because it's not the Trident specifically. <laughs> <laughs> they're holding on to his spear, big fork, and <laughs> Clark's just got it and he's holding all of them back. And Barry goes to run around. That's how big a nerd I am. I just use their real names all the time. Now, yeah, I guess. no big. <laughs> Barry's running around and. 
it's like in slow motion because all the flashes scenes are in slow motion and he's moving and he's looking at superman trying to get around him and he you'd like you just see everyone else is frozen and clark's looking forward and then you see his eye just like shift over to his peripheral and see the flash moving and Barry's like what the fuck <laughs> and Clark's head is turning <laughs> and you realize how fast Clark is because in Man of Steel and Justice like, you see him move really quickly but they don't make a point of being like Superman has super speed it's yeah. just like it's just like boom 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 Kryptonians are fast Yeah, but like when you see because you've seen a few scenes at that point of the flash moving very quickly and then like to see Superman just like clock that same shit was really a really good use of that effect that we've already seen twice in the movie up to that point. Yeah. And then uh, going off of another one of your points, uh, the subreddit uh, Big Titty Goth GF <laughs> is <laughs> if you have a thing for just big titted pale white women. <laughs> that's where you want to go you know? especially now that tumblr is gone like you got to get it somewhere and that's a solid uh it's a solid subreddit if you're just like into a very specific aesthetic <laughs> that is pale white women with dark hair and huge breasts i mean i i can't hate on that <laughs> so i i guess another aesthetic thing for me and this one was so cool to me that i had to uh illegally record it in a theater so I could recreate it at home. <laughs> and that was those uh, establishing, establishing shots of Vormir in uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Soulstone planet. Like those, like that whole look of like the oranges and purples and like, dude, yeah, the, fucking cool. The use I of really color in that, that scene is in like when they first get there and after Thanos like, yeah. wakes up or like the contrast is amazing. But like just like when they so first tight. get there, it's one of the most visually striking scenes. I just watched it like yesterday, yeah. so like <laughs> it's fresh. <laughs> one of the most visually striking sequences in that movie. Um, I mean, not, like Infinity War was not one of my favorite movies of this year. Like it was, there's a lot of stuff that happens in it, but I have a lot of problems with it as well. <laughs> but there are some like there's some visual elements to that film that yeah they, they've been doing a much better job with making movies look good yeah like they're actually using their budget to make shit look yeah, nice like the scene where uh the Thor's, art direction is yeah. the best part yeah hands down it's yeah, the best yeah. part of infinity war yeah everything else can eat its own <laughs> asshole but, <laughs> like i get you're making a two-part film but like come on <laughs> Uh, like the scene where Thor is restarting. Yeah, restarting the planet. Yeah, where he's like opening the star back up again. Both the scene where he's outside and starting it, but also when he's just like holding the iris open. Yeah. You're like, God damn, dude. Like, I mean, for that matter, Black Panther, some. As bad as that last scene is when they're fighting in, yeah, the, the, big in, war. in the caves. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that South Korea scene, that. The chase sequence where, like, after the, where he's like running on the walls. Yeah, I, well, like, I, probably the better sequence is when they're in the casino yeah. and they're fighting, yeah. and they're like they're switching perspective from yeah, Nakia cool. and Okoye and T'Challa. That's it's all that whole fight sequence is. Once the fighting starts, it's one shot. It's Damn. digital, but it's one shot, and it works really well. It flows very well, 
And like they use color really effectively in that scene as well because yeah. it's this like seedy casino. So most of the patrons are like just like wearing black. And then you have these three people who are in these bright. I mean, T'Challa is also wearing black, but he's got like some purple on him. And uh, Nakia's in green and Okoye's in red. And you just like see these folks who are just like everywhere they need your attention to be, that's where the color is. Yeah. And they do a really good job of that. The car sequence is probably too bright because it is in South Korea and there's like a lot going on. Yeah. But and it's at night, but when they're allowed to and it's not CG heavy, the Marvel films, even when it's CG heavy, but like when they are using effective like color theory, it's when those movies are their best. Definitely. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Did you guys make up categories? I mean, I my gut reaction when you said that was to go to like best best nut you busted but you've already covered that so (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh geez no i didn't actually but i won't (laughs) because it requires too many details Uh, yeah uh i will say best i was gonna go best uh cocktail that i've tried this year okay and i was gonna say it initially, but I forgot the name of it. Oh, jeez! <laughs> but um, do you remember how it was made? No, it was a whiskey cocktail. No, it was a yeah, it was a whiskey cocktail that I had at Tiki Oasis this year. Uh, oh, the Tiki Convention! Yeah, it was I'm, super I'm going dope. Next year, um, definitely. That's an, yeah, that's a solid aesthetic. If you haven't gotten into it, is uh, Tiki the, is and tiki- it's American made. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's like. Uh, I don't know, uh, struggle-free. I don't know what the word, cruelty-free. Yeah, there's some (laughs) appropriative elements to it. Yeah, definitely. But I don't think anybody's ever been murdered. Yeah, but not in the way that's like anyone has been hurt by it. Yeah. And it's not like actively stealing anyone's culture. It's as it's going to sound shitty, but like it is an appreciation of certain elements. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like not in a way that's offensive. Yeah. And like it doesn't erase the people that it, that it's is not, appropriating from yeah it's not really appropriating from but kind of appropriate yeah it's it, like a mishmash of like it's mostly white people with this uh yeah <laughs> at this convention but that's because it's a convention at an okay hotel in hotel circle in san diego yeah i've it, i've heard about this con and it's dope yeah that's what everyone says yeah, I after you told me about that, uh, my favorite cocktail that I've tried was actually directly inspired by that. Mm. It's the Navy Grog. Yes, I Dude, do love it. Find yourself a spot that does good grog. Uh, you, I mean, find, find yourself a place that will do a good mai tai. Like I feel like most people have had mai tais, but you get a good mai tai and you are fucking set. You're gonna have a good time. It's gonna taste good. You're probably gonna be hungover the next day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a rum drink, and it is. A bunch of sugar stuff on top of it. Yeah, what can but, go wrong? But you get a good Mai Tai and you only need like three of them. Yeah. yeah. And you're feeling good because they're heavy. And like the thing, like, so I mostly drink whiskey and gin. And you're going to taste both those two things. Yeah. No matter what you're doing with the cocktail, unless it's like super complicated. And I don't want it. Oh, if God. you have more than five ingredients. You put then, fucking elderflower in it. Yeah. Like, chill out. Don't, don't put herbs in my shit. Gin especially tends to get too complicated. But like I've had a few gin cocktails with like four ingredients and one of them is gin. Like as long as the main ingredient is the liquor and you just put it just enough to maybe like cover the harsher notes of whatever. Yeah. Whichever specific one you picked because even then it kind of gets down to which brand and you know which version of what you're uh which liquor you're going for but 
if you have more than like four ingredients in your cocktail, you can fuck off. Like you don't you don't need that much going on. There's a uh, sorry. I'm gonna say it's unless it's something like a Long Island iced tea, where four of those ingredients are liquor, just right off the bat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's like if it's if it's like extra shit, then I need you to chill out. Like I <laughs> oh, I mostly order Manhattans and old fashions, and an old fashioned is just whiskey bitters and sugar. Yeah. Damn. And then an old fashioned uh, Manhattan is that plus vermouth. Yeah. But there fuck there was this like there was this. Uh, it was like a it was a Mai Tai inspired whiskey drink. So like it did, couldn't have the the same elements because whiskey and rum are gonna affect yeah, like the fruit differently. Very different. <laughs> but it was really good. And it was in one of the rooms, uh one of like the vendor rooms at Tiki Oasis, and it was really fucking good. And I had probably four or five of them. Damn. And Damn. but like it was solid, and because it was whiskey, it didn't hit me as hard the next day. But um, fair enough. And yeah. then I had a that time we went out to Hive, a Henny Colada. Ooh, there yeah, we go. Yeah, That's buddy. my drink of the year, baby. Yeah, I had my I had my first Henny Colada in January of this year, and like every opportunity that I could have <laughs> someone else try one, I'm like yo, I got Pina Colada, I got Hennessy. Let's go, real and, solid. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great drink. I'll also throw my hat in the ring for daiquiris. Daiquiris are my shit. I've been making daiquiris at home. Like every time I buy rum, and daiquiris are they're the thirst quencher. And yeah, like, so nice. do you want a day drink? Drink a fucking daiquiri, and they can be as sweet as you want them to yeah. be. You can have them blended. Oh. You can have it just all. Oh, fucking say magnifique! The last one is something called Del Mawe Vita hmm. uh, from Raised by Wolves. Okay. It's the spicy cocktail. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't normally like to yeah, fuck around those, with spicy. They're hit and miss. Yeah. This one is a fucking hit, though. Yeah. I, it's got uh, some some whiskey that was set in smoked barrels. Okay. Uh, and then it's got uh, pamplemousse and some bitter, some like uh, habanero-based bitter, I want to say. Interesting. And that shit slaps. I... The drink is cold, but it's also hot. Ha-ha. It's so fucking good. A good spicy cocktail can like... It hits your palate in a way that's like really interesting. I can't say I've ever had a good spicy cocktail. <laughs> we'll have to take you to some places that have good spicy cocktails. Yeah. Because they... There's this jalap- there was this jalapeno honey... Uh, whiskey drink that I had that was fucking fire. Like, it was so good. And it's at this place uh, that I go to pretty frequently, uh, Counterpoints in Golden Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you live in San Diego or you're in San Diego for any period of time, definitely try to go to Counterpoint. It's just outside downtown off of uh, 25th. And But what the thing is they change their menu every three months. Ah. Uh. And it's like every, they have a seasonal menu for their cocktails. Sure. And for their food as well. The food changes less frequently, but their cocktails change every season. And sometimes your favorite cocktail of that season might not be there the next year. So Sick. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. You just got to get it as much as it in. But yeah, they made this really good. It was like it was like this uh, honey whiskey and like this jalapeno syrup that they made in-house. And it was fucking incredible. <laughs> 
it was so good because it wasn't overpowering. Like there was enough of the sweetness from the honey yeah. to keep the jalapeno from being overpowering because it was effectively just like a simple syrup infused with yeah, jalapenos. Yeah. Which could be very overpowering. It'd be like very biting to the point where it's not enjoyable anymore, especially with the whiskey, which already has a bite to it. Yeah. 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 So it's just like finding places that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. That's always nice. <laughs> yeah. And your your throw in category? My throw in category is uh best new food you've tried. I mean Yeah, you start. You start. All right. My I guess the the dish that I sort of just I want to say it was this year. It may have been late last year, but Mapo Tofu, like I had never had it, and I tried it just because of Shokugeki no Soma, and it sounded good. And yeah, Mapo Tofu fucking slaps. And apparently, some people look down on it because it's like kind of low class Chinese food, but it's like authentic low class Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like yeah. If you want to know like the best Kung food of a chicken. culture, you find the broke motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. soul the dudes who were making what barbecue stuff. was. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, if you go through history, basically, like rich people were eating bullshit for a long time. Yeah, and like the poor people, our modern day food is what a lot of poor people ate for a long time. Yeah, like salmon, for instance, in medieval times was a dish for like the poor people who could actually go out and catch it. Yeah, yeah. Lobster used to be the same way. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I, if anyone says "ooh mapo tofu," that's that's like Ooh, yeah, tell them to suck a dick. Find yourself a nice Chinese restaurant and uh, get yourself some good mapo tofu. It's also very easy to make, but God, the the fucking recipes vary so much. So it might take a bit to find a good one. Fair enough, Charles. I genuinely I don't know that I've tried anything new. This year, which is sad to think about considering it's the end of the year. <laughs> and I haven't really like branched out food wise. I mean, I've done stuff that like I already enjoy differently in a way that made it better. But there I is I would count that. Yeah, there is this place in uh, uh just like just outside of Yosemite. I think it's around Lake Arrowhead. Um my friends have a cabin up there. And there's this uh it's June Lake. That's what it is. It's near June Lake. Um, just maybe half an hour south of Yosemite. There's a brewery, June Lake Brewing. And they have a food truck like five days a week. Um, it's Hawaiian food, which feels weird to have Hawaiian food in the <laughs> mountains in the yeah. middle of California. <laughs> but they had the absolute best Locomoco oh, I have ever had. I love me some Locomoco. Like, there was a day where I only had that. <laughs> I, just, I just kept, I was like, give me an order to eat right now. And then two more in like an hour when we're leaving the brewery. And God. I can take it home and have one for dinner and one in the morning. Because <laughs> it was so fucking. So I've had Locomoco a lot of places. Like since the first time I had it. I found it a lot of places where it's just, this is not good. They yeah. don't season the patty. Like the gravy's not good. And they either overcook or undercook the egg. The rice is whatever. The rice is there to soak up all the other good <laughs> shit. But if you don't, for those of you who don't know, Locomoco is, it's an over easy egg, uh, brown gravy, a beef patty over rice. 
And the key to Locomoco is the gravy. But you, there's also stuff you can do in terms of like how you cook the rice and what you, what you can fuck the beef up with. A, any part of it pretty easily. Yeah. And a lot of places will do one of those three things. They'll like over or undercook the egg. They, the, if the gravy's bad, your whole shit's fucked up. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be good. But this place, like every element was perfect every single time. They like, I think, I don't know what they were doing with the rice, but they were like, it was like perfectly spongy. Like it was real good every single time. The beef patty was like the beef was seasoned on its own and like cooked. It was like thick. It was like a good amount of beef too. And it was like thick and it was cooked perfectly. And then the it was fucking gravy. I would fight for this. Gravy. Like <laughs> <laughs> this gravy was so fucking good. I was like, can you put this on everything else on your menu? Cause this is like, or like, <laughs> She was so funny. Let me buy good. a jar of this fucking good ass gravy. And then they would like go. slide the egg onto it and you just like cut into it and like the egg runs out over everything mm, yeah. and like spreads the gravy onto the rice. It was so fucking good, dude. And uh, it was incredible. And I ate it a bunch. And if you're looking to do a ski trip uh, <laughs> in January, uh, because of this fucking drought, we were balls deep in for the last four or five years there might not be any snow but you know fuck it just go you yeah, rent get a cabin some locomoco fair and enough go to june lake brewing they got some pretty solid beers i don't remember any of the beers in particular <laughs> uh, but that fucking hawaiian food truck they got outside is solid it. okay okay mm-hmm. i would say uh for me personally i've been doing a lot of cooking this year uh especially in this latter half I want to say that my favorite thing that I've made so far was the Nigerian curry. But if you smell my apartment, I made that shit like a month ago (laughs) and it still smells like fucking curry in here. So it almost makes me want to just cook it outside somewhere or just never make it again. Uh, (laughs) The second runner up to that would be this like kind of quick stir fry, this Cajun shrimp stir fry that's got zucchini yellow squash, onion, shrimp, and a few other things. But it's super simple. You take all the vegetable ingredients and the shrimp. I always like to detail my shrimp because mm. fuck the tails. Yeah. Uh, they add flavor in certain things, but this wouldn't add anything to, to the dish. So you take that. You take a bunch of this fucking Tony Shashir's Cajun seasoning, yep. and you just dump it in there. Shout out to old Tony. Yeah, you mix it up, and then you pop it into a skillet, you let it cook for like fucking five minutes and you take it out and it's it bangs. Easy peasy. Yeah, and it's really good. It's uh, pretty healthy, I assume. But that's one of my favorites. As far as like going out to try things, I haven't really... We went to High Notes uh, this year. Oh, yeah. That, there was that the one... yakitori was, beef. Who that boy. motherfucker... Holy shit. Okay. I changed all my answers. Yeah. Fuck everything. <laughs> I, I just thought, like, I just remember we went to High Notes a couple months ago. Yeah, dog. So there's this place uh, in San Diego called High Notes. And there are two locations. I went to the first one that Chet told us about. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. We went over to that location. Yes, and that, it was a tiny one. It was yeah. packed. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happens. That place 
they say, don't tell people about us because we can't fit your ass. They have like nine tables and a small bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a tiny place. Yeah. So we went over to the other location yeah. that may or may not be affiliated. We don't know. They, I think they're like owned by the same people, but like that's pretty much where the similarities end. Yeah. And so at the other place, they have beef yakitori, yes. which is basically a seasoned beef on a skewer. I believe yakitori is just the Japanese term for like skewers. Yeah, pretty much. It's like cooked over an open fire. It's like real traditional. And they're very spouse to it. Yeah, yeah it's, basically, it's basically just skewered meat. Yeah, yeah, that shit. I don't know what they marinated it in. Yo, and, and what the they, salt they used on it. There was some. There was some key element because we've both been back. Since, since yeah. Yeah. and there was I, I don't I don't know if it was like only one dude was able to make it that good that one time, <sighs> dude. It yo, was the huh. best. It was shit ever. Bang it. Try the other location because that place only does yakitori, and, and that's is like it consistent. It is consistently just out of the park. Uh, Lonnie and her friend Kevin, they will go there. Just hey, we're kind of in the area. Well, we could try somewhere new, or we can go to Hino, and it's Hino every time. Because that yeah. place fucking bangs. Yeah, Holy it's shit. good food. We, it's good fucking food. We were like, we were just like sitting in like at the end of the bar, <laughs> and just like just trying shit. We'd like just recorded, and we're just like, let's go get some food. And let's like see what's up. And it was holy shit. This food was so good. It was so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, the, that, that place is. What we nice. ended up doing was like we ordered one, and yeah. then we ordered like four more. We just kept yeah. ordering, <laughs> yeah, because it was like that first bite I took. I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck?" <laughs> and, like, and it was just fucking tender. It was seasoned perfectly. Yeah, it had like a kind of like a buttery feel to it. Yeah. Ugh. After that, like I've never had it as good there ever. Yeah, I went back. I took a date there, and I was like. And I, I didn't hype it at all because, like, I know it was after you had gone back. You had gone back, like, well, like the next day or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it wasn't as good. And I was like, all right, well, let's go. I'm not going to hype up this shit because it was not it was not as bang as it was that first time. It's, I, I'm not seeing that girl anymore. But <laughs> at least it wasn't for that reason. <laughs> at least I didn't, I, over, I didn't overhype some whack shit. Yeah. Oh, man. I hate when people do that. Yeah, when you start but talking like, something up and it's just not that good, it's like, all right, man, I can't trust is, you ever. It was that good yeah. just one time? Yeah, just the one time I was like, you know what, this this is perfect. Yeah, it was. I didn't even want to eat what I ordered, like because <laughs> I didn't want to fill up to the point where I couldn't eat anymore if we kept ordering it. Yeah, damn, it was really that good. Yeah. Well, that was our year in review. Yep. Uh, thanks, everybody. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for the categories, gang. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do questions from the subreddit? We've gone for a while. I think we can skip it. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've gone on. Oh, it's been an hour and 45 minutes. All right. Yeah. Uh, the episode might be a little bit shorter than what I just said, but uh, we'll get to the questions next week yeah. on our two-year anniversary. Uh, leave us a fucking voicemail. Don't make me look stupid out here. <laughs> it's looking more and more likely every day that I'm just going to look like an <laughs> asshole. So We um, know y'all asses procrastinate, but we record well, I guess probably Wednesday because Tuesday is. News. I mean, how hungover do you plan on being? We can record on Monday if you want. 
We'll figure that out. Yeah. We'll, yeah. yeah. But uh, point so, is, just to send them in by Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Assume we're going to record on Monday. Monday, probably after two, because I have to still go to fucking work on Monday. Uh, yeah, I also have to work on Monday. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, yeah. Uh, just 413 Savage One is the number. Please leave a voicemail. We'll play it uh, probably, I don't know, in the middle or towards the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't we'll matter. It uh, we'll work it in there. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Next week, we'll get to your questions. Give us as many questions as you want. We'll, we'll answer them. We don't yeah. have anything planned for next week. Uh, this It's our big two-year anniversary, and we're just here to celebrate and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. Thank you, Charles, for joining us. You no want to plug into problem. your uh, social media? Uh, yeah. Uh, Charles Time on Instagram or the Charles Time, whichever, figured out. Uh, <laughs> the one that's got a black dude. Uh, <laughs> and the Charles01 on Twitter. Uh, check out Brave Motel. That shit's coming back in January. Uh, we're going to have, I'm going to post the old episodes. I'm going to start producing some new episodes. Uh, I'm going to try to follow these dudes' example and fucking publish every week for two years. <laughs> try it. <laughs> try it. It's diffy. We're coming back. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, uh, peace, guys. Y'all have a good night.